and welcome. I'm Pam Pastor. If this is your first time tuning in, know that God honors and blesses those who diligently seek His Word and then put it into action. Or perhaps you're a longtime listener. Well, welcome back to the grace and peace of God, love wins. You know, we learn from the book of Jeremiah. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. So be prepared, friends, to power up your life as you join me and others each week as we explore all things pertaining to Jesus. Now, let's center ourselves as we prepare to enter into God's presence. I'm going to start off with a benediction, which normally does come at the end of a worship service, but this is from Moses's brother, Priest Aaron, and it comes to us in the form of a blessing out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And all of that, friends, is said in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, I want to welcome you back. Yesterday, we completed exploring Jesus's teaching parables, which included the kingdom of God, service and obedience, prayer, about neighbors, about humility, and finally about wealth. Well, today we're going to jump back into the gospel parables. So if you'd like to follow along with me, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. For our first story, it's called the lost sheep. Jesus said, if a shepherd has 100 sheep and one wanders away and is lost, What will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others and go out into the hills to search for the lost one? And if he finds it, he'll surely rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In that same way, it's not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Just as a shepherd is concerned enough about one lost sheep to go search the hills for it, So God is concerned about every human being he created. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, rather, he's being patient for your sake and mine. He doesn't want anyone to perish, so he's giving more time for everyone to repent. See, in Peter's day, as in ours, God may appear to seem slow as we continue to face persecution and long to be delivered from the corrupt evil within our world. But we must carry with us an awareness that God is not slow. He merely is operating on a different timetable other than ours. Jesus is waiting longer, allowing for more sinners to repent and turn toward him for saving eternal salvation. 
You see, we shouldn't just sit around idly awaiting his return. There is work to be done. Our job is to be ready for Christ at all times and yet still plan that he may not return for many years. The lost sheep parables also told in the book of Luke chapter 15 verses 3 through 7. And while in the natural, it may seem foolish for the shepherd to leave 99 sheep to go search for just one, but the shepherd knew the 99 would be safe in the sheepfold, whereas the lost sheep was in danger. Because each sheep was of high value, the shepherd knew that it was worthwhile to search diligently for the lost one. God's love for each individual is so great that he seeks out each one and rejoices when he or she is found. Jesus didn't mind associating with the sinners of the world because he knew his mission was to be among those who were considered beyond hope and bring them the good news of God's kingdom. This is what God did for you and for me before we were believers. He sought us out. You may have heard me tell my testimony on previous podcasts, but a glimpse of what I've shared is that I would pray and talk to God. And one day when I was upstairs in my home, talking with him and looking at his son's picture who stood knocking on a door, I heard inaudibly by my human ears, but rather within my heart, get to know my son, Jesus. Now, at first I rejected this saying, basically saying back to God, well, why? I already know the CEO. Why would I need a middleman? And my relationship would never be the same again. Now life without Jesus is uncomprehendable. God, through his love for his creation, continues on seeking those that he loves. With all the injustices that continue to occur in the world, we have to have someone like Jesus to be able to express them to, because mere man can do nothing. While it makes sense that God would forgive sinners who actively search him out, asking for his mercies, it's nearly mind-boggling that our God, Jehovah, searches for sinners and then joyfully rejoices with them in forgiveness. This is extraordinary love. This is love that no man can ever offer another. This is exactly the kind of love that prompted Jesus to come to earth in search of lost people and to save them. And this is the kind of love that even my husband reminds me of the title of this podcast and the title of my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. So if you're feeling far away from God, don't despair. He's searching for you and he's searching for me. Now our next parable about God's love is told through the story about the lost coin. If you're following along, it comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 verses 8 through 10. Jesus said, Or suppose a woman has 10 valuable silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and look in every corner 
of the house and sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it. And when she finds it, she'll call in her friends and neighbors to rejoice with her because she has found her lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. In Jesus's day, Palestinian women received 10 silver coins as a wedding gift. Besides their monetary value, these coins held sentimental value as well, like that of a wedding ring, and to lose one would be extremely distressing, just as a woman would rejoice at finding her lost coin or ring, so the angels rejoice over a repentant sinner. Each individual is precious to God. He grieves over every loss and rejoices whenever one of his children is found and brought into the kingdom. Our churches would experience more profound joy too if we would just follow Jesus' pattern or his lead, sharing in love and concern for the lost. God continues to teach us about his love through the story of the lost son found in Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 32. And this is often referred to as the prodigal son parable. In Jesus's words, he said, a man had two sons. The younger son told the father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired men have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we've been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the calf we were fattening and has prepared a great feast. We're celebrating because of his safe return. 
The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years, I've worked hard for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you and I are very close, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Our final story, representing the gospel parables, comes from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 41 through 43. This is a story about thankfulness. And if you're following along, turn with me to Luke chapter 7, verses 41 through 43 now, where Jesus told this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Well, this parable ends here, but let's keep reading to uncover how Jesus viewed the Pharisees versus sinners. Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who's forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Luke showed us how Jesus contrasted the Pharisees with that of sinners. And once again, the sinners came out ahead. Simon had committed several social errors in neglecting to wash Jesus' feet. This was a courtesy extended to guests in Jesus' day. People wore sandals, experienced dirty feet consistently. Simon also failed to anoint his head with oil or extend the kiss of greeting. In other words, it was as if Jesus hadn't even walked in the door. Simon was refusing to treat Jesus as an equal. But the sinful woman lavished Simon with tears, expensive perfume, and kisses repeatedly. In this story, it is the grateful, immoral woman, not the stingy, religious Pharisee leader whose sins were forgiven. Although we know it's God's grace through faith in Jesus that saves us and not our works, 
or our acts of love and generosity. However, this woman's acts did measure up to her heart demonstrating where she indeed placed her true faith, and Jesus chose to honor her for this. So friends, join me back tomorrow as we adventure into parables about judgment and the future. Specifically, we'll be viewing three stories about Christ's return. And friends, if you've not been spiritually born, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of God kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son Jesus by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, here's what we can do. We can show him deep gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him and going deeper with our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage, openly confessing after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help to edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. Friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe so that you'll get the latest releases as they become available. Until next time, friends, remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And the Apostle John sends us away with the last line of the Bible being a blessing coming out of Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. John says, The grace of the Lord Jesus 
be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.